Hello and welcome to the third episode of United by Calcio podcast. My name is Christian. And I'm Robbie. And thank you for joining us this week as we discuss some of the biggest headlines from match day five of Serie A. Robbie, shall we, sir? Let's get to it. All right. Well, let's start off with your team, shall we? Let's do yeah. it. Inter. I know this Why is kind not? of, uh, you know, uh, out of order, but I think we kind of got to talk about their draw with Sociedad because it was unexpected, at least for the two of us. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, it's not the worst result. At the end of the day, you're on the road at Sociedad. You get a point, get out of there, get back home, just get results at home. But you just can't concede like how Bastoni just loses control looks to the ref for a foul when there was nothing and it's a tap in for Sociedad. No, that that just not be possible. No, you're right. Yeah. Like you just, and I expect Bastoni to learn from this. He is one of the best distributors in Europe from the center back position. So I'm not nervous going forward, Mm -hmm. but still you got to learn. You can't make that happen again because that's, if it happens again, now all of a sudden you're kind of sweating out the group. Absolutely. Thankfully, the other result went your way with Salzburg beating Benfica at Benfica. That's right. That's a big result. Antonio Silva misses the leg where Inter plays him. Mm-hmm. But again, one-one, you'd probably expect Inter to win that game. Yeah. And they scored on one shot, one goal. You got to draw out of it. So Really, you shouldn't have won. Jan Sommer no. saved your butt. Absolutely. I mean, there was one save that he had where he had to come across his line. That, that I don't know how he saved that shot. <laughs> it was like about, yeah. point blank, three feet from his face. Absolutely. How you react in that spot to get there. I saw some stat. It was like point three seconds he had to react. That is absurd. That is absolutely to get his insane. hands up that high. No, I mean, that's, uh, you guys did a good job there. I mean, that's it. Inter did, uh, that was some savvy business right there, picking up Summer and for really practically nothing from Bayern. Um, yeah. What a pickup. I mean, he proved to be just a big time goalkeeper in that game. Now I do wish like, can, can I borrow some of those instincts and, and maybe staple them onto Chesney? Is that, is that something <laughs> I could possibly take, or is that not doable? Uh, maybe Perrin has it. Maybe maybe he's got it. <laughs> you know, fair enough. I, I have not seen that yet. But uh, <laughs> Chesney was missing those instincts during during match day five. It's okay. It's okay. We'll talk about that more later. But speaking of the Sinter game, I mean, I, I think that the, the Bastoni development, I think it's a little concerning. Uh, I think primarily because I expect I think it may be not just me, but I think a lot of people expect him to make that jump, right? To, to sort of keep going up and up uh, th- this ladder uh, of development because he is good, right? But I think people expect a lot more out of Bastoni. And I'm not sure I've ever thought of him as like a a player who's great on this, on this, you know, on the ball. But he's definitely, he's a great passer of the ball. He's got a great eye reads the game well but i just never expected him to lose a ball like that yeah i mean something must might have been up who knows like those kind of things happen i get it like you gotta be better than that you can't let those things happen but there are times when world-class defenders just all of a sudden look like amateurs i mean look at jerome boateng in his prime (laughs) <laughs> falls down against Messi because that's it's just true. what happens. Now, this is a very different this moment. True. Um, but yeah, Bastoni just has to know better. A lot of the times when you'll see other teams pressing, he always finds that right touch to go into the midfield and all of a sudden he has like acres of space because they weren't expecting him to dribble and he had a good read on it. He did not have a good read there. Uh, just <laughs> no, looked no. like his touch got away from him yeah. and... Then he, like I said earlier, he just looked to the ref as soon as like he got the ball, but right. there was no foul. He just lost his footing, and there that they go, it. boom, yeah. goal immediately. That's a shame. 
really is. But I mean, Sommer was definitely the man of the match there. Uh, he really did save Inter's butt multiple times there, multiple, multiple times, uh, including that point blank save. I mean, that was just, again, incredible, uh, really incredible. But I feel like that's what Summer's known for. That Those are the kinds of, he's very athletic. He's got incredible instincts. Uh, so that's what he's really known for. Yeah. And during the summer, I was always saying like, and people called me out for it, that the downgrade from Onana to mm-hmm. Summer isn't as great as people were talking about. Yes, Onana is very much clear right. in terms of distribution with his of feet. Course. Summer is still very good with his feet. He's mm-hmm. just not like a top five goalie with his feet. Yes. Right. But when it comes to shot stopping, I'd say Summer might be better than Onana. And we saw that on <laughs> Tuesday and Wednesday when Onana just had some howlers. But Boy. that kind of stuff happens. It's he's yes. He's so good with his feet that you mm-hmm. don't really care too much about, oh, his little scenarios where he might like lose focus. Because like, right. look at the Salernitana game last year. Kondreva just crosses it into the net and Onana yeah. just was stunned. And there's certain things like that that happen. It seems to happen more frequently with Onana. Right. And just moments of judgment, just they go off. Who knows? But Summer hopefully doesn't have those. Yeah, I mean, I, it seems like, from, from what I remember, I've seen Summer play quite a bit, uh, especially against Italy as well, when um, Italy won the Euros uh, and they were playing Switzerland. I remember when he, he featured prominently for that Swiss side. Uh, he was very, very solid, always. And uh, I, I do remember the conversations we were talking about when, when Onana was uh, rumored to be leaving. And I remember thinking... Sommer might not be the best replacement for Onana, but I, I definitely see your point now and, and, you know, and sort of seeing how he's playing out. Um, maybe, you have, maybe you have a point. Maybe it really wasn't that much of a step down. Um, so, you know, why, why not? You, you, what, you got the money for Onana and you only paid $5 million for uh, Sommer. Yeah, you gained $50 million from it. That's pretty good. That's pretty oh, good. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, Summer is good with his feet. It's just right. he's not world class. And Bayern got Summer for the same price we bought him. Uh, right. It was just because Newer went down. That's they right. needed a keeper who is good enough with their feet because they love mm-hmm. playing out of the back as well. Yes, um, so if Bayern thinks they're, he's a good enough keeper to be their number right. one, Inter certainly should as well. Oh, it's a great, uh, great point. I mean, and I think that's going to come up even more as the season progresses at this point, uh, especially during those crucial moments when Inter are deeper in the Champions League, hopefully, and facing stiffer competition. Those kinds of saves can really make or break your game. It can Absolutely. be a difference, as we've seen time and again. And uh, the athleticism, for instance, that Onana displayed all throughout the Champions League last year was valuable for Inter's run. And that's going to be incredibly valuable uh, this time as well. But I think that's a, that's enough about Inter for now. <laughs> for now. We'll be right back to them in no time. But uh, let's move on to the team with a goalkeeper who needs Sommer's instincts. Wojciech Szczesny. My boy. <laughs> My boy. What a team. What a team this Juventus team is. I mean, I'm, I'm getting a little emotional right now just thinking about how how just great of a game this Hasuolo game was. Oh, wait a minute. I was confusing seasons here. I, I forgot this was this past week. 4-2 was the score. Explain to me, Robbie, please, because I'm, I'm I've been waiting for somebody to just explain to me how this happens how that game occurs to a team that like, like Juventus. Yeah, I mean, last week on the podcast, we talked about how both Juventus and Sassuolo were similar in the relying on certain players. Juventus with Chiesa and Vlavic, and then Sassuolo with Lorient, Berardi, Pinamonti. They're both going to go as they go. However, both are fundamentally very different teams, Sassuolo's all attack, 
They don't have much great good defense. While Juventus is Allegri ball. They're going to play very, very defensively. They're not built to win these 4-2 shootouts. They're built to win 1-0, 2-1 with that individual brilliance from Vlavic and Chiesa. Chiesa scored in it. Yes, he did. But you also just cannot have the mental lapses of both Gatti and Chesney. Like, just what are we doing? I mean, seriously, it it just felt it was it was painful. It was very very painful. I mean, that I expect a goalkeeper of Chesney's stature to to just take care of that first shot. That that should not happen. And everyone has got a bad day in, at at the office. Everyone's had it. Doesn't matter what your position is. Doesn't matter how long you've been playing. Right. I just feel like the last season and a half, Chesney's bad days at the office have sort of been multiplying at a steady pace. It's getting to the point where you're sort of wondering, all right, well, what's the trade-off here? What are we getting when we're constantly seeing these these howlers? He is either really good or just really bad. It, it just feels that at certain points these last two seasons. And when I'm looking at that game, it, it just doesn't strike me as a particularly difficult ball for somebody of his stature to, to be able to take care of. No, and if you get both hands on it, like he got both hands and just right. you you got to parry it away. It, right. There's no ifs or buts. There's just, exactly. you got to have it. And that's just, especially when your team isn't the most explosive offense, that's you can't right. be getting into a shoot, shootout. No. You can't afford these mental lapses defensively and goalkeeping. It no, just can't not. happen. No. It's not the kind of thing that, uh, and you, you said it perfectly, uh, Juventus is not built currently to withstand these kinds of shocks. And the problem there really comes in many facets of the game. But I mean, our defense is not great in any way, shape or form. Danilo is a good multi-position player. He kind of fills the role. He's a good leader in, in, on a team. He's the kind of voice you want to have. He's there a lot for the voice. I mean, he's not the most talented uh, player on the field by any stretch. Uh, But he's also not the worst by any stretch either. He's a solid, reliable player. It also feels like Bremer is struggling still to sort of fill in that role. Um, Maybe it's too much pressure for him. Maybe he can't be that star player. He can't be that guy. Right, he needs somebody else next to him to really truly uh, thrive. It's sort of akin to like Bonucci. Do you remember when Bonucci first started playing alongside Chiellini? Um, you know, it sort of seemed like a lot of times Bonucci would have a hard time when but when Chiellini wasn't in the lineup. Yeah, I mean Bremer is interesting because his best attributes are. Like when he's one-on-one with someone, you have faith in him being able to come out as a win, like getting that ball. He's a very good one-on-one defender. And that's where where he thrives so much with Torino because he would be left on an island having to deal with the best players. It feels like in a Juventus defense, it's more of a team defense rather than his individualism. And Mm -hmm. so I get, I feel like that gets lost while it's more him just trying to help zonally with Gatti or Danilo, wherever he is. And, I mean, you have McKenney and Wea, who are good players, right. playing a position that they don't play. They're playing right That's wing right. back, and they neither are a right wing back. No. Wea is a forward who has slightly turned into a wing back. He played right. it a little bit at Lille, but he still is a forward in nature. And McKenney's this box-to-box midfielder now playing outside back. So, like, can he thrive in it? Sure, but still not their natural position. Oh, 100%. I mean, it, it, it does seem like that. Those decisions from Allegri, again, not shocking. This is Allegri we're talking about at the end of the day, right? I mean, he does what he wants, period. It does, however, still shock me a little bit when you put that kind of performance forward. Because 
you expect more from this Juventus team. But then again, maybe that's my fault. Maybe I think too much of them. Maybe the, maybe this is a Juventus team that really is deep in the throes of transition, right? Um, because the reality is, if, if you remove Chiesa and Vlaovic or, or just one of them, you really dynamically change this team completely. I agree. You really do uh, kneecap them. And that's not very promising, right? Because, I mean, the season's long. Yeah, we're not playing in the European you know, champion, uh, championship of any kind, but it you know, still does worry you if down the stretch one of them gets hurt, what happens? Does this team yeah. stop producing? If they If they lose one of those two, they're going to struggle long-term. Today, they didn't have Vlaovic, and they got a result. Right. Um, and I do feel like, as a non-Juventus fan, we're overreacting a little bit to one game. I get it. It was ugly, and really ugly. But they've only dropped points in two games. They're sitting second with a game more played than Milan. So they're still doing very solid. If you told, if you got asked, Hey, you'd have 13 points in your first six. Right. I'd, I'd say that's, you're taking that. That's, that's pretty good. Especially when you have 12 goals, six allowed. Yeah. You're, that's you're true. doing good. Six of those were allowed in one game. Four of those were allowed in <laughs> one game. Yeah. So yeah. like, again, right. The defense is doing its job. Just that one game was, well, just happened yeah. this week. Definitely. And, uh, Probably one of the worst own goals ever. <laughs> Up there with Kondogbia. So I, I, I know how that feels watching you. one of those own goals. Man. I, I do feel for him. I do feel for him, honestly. I mean, but I can't lie for that moment. I, I my entire body went limp like Chesney's. If you if you remember Chesney's uh, exact <laughs> posture mm-hmm. when he realized the ball was going in, I mean that was me right there on the couch. I mean. Wh- what goes through your head? You you know the keeper isn't there because yeah. he passed you the ball. <laughs> like that's that's yeah. what's, he no looked at. He's like, ah, no, Chesney's definitely there. No, <laughs> it's just you're you're hitting it into an empty net. I don't know what we're doing uh, here, but that was bananas. What that was unbelievable. My jaw hit the floor when that happened. It's yeah, just. I, I, yeah. Can we? Is there any way we can initiate investigation? Because I mean, I'm just wondering if Gatti <laughs> and Chesney were both in, in, in like Sassuolo's payroll. Like, do they do they get money from Sassuolo? Because that would explain a lot. Okay. It, that was wild. That would explain everything. Is all I'm saying. But <laughs> jokes aside, you know, uh, yes, it is a bit of an overreaction. You are right. Like this is one game. What what what's one game in the in the in retrospect, when you're looking at a season, you know, 30 games from now, right? Uh, we're probably going to forget about this unless it's equally bad for the rest of the way. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I could ever think, no. forget that own goal. I mean, fair. That's a that's a uh, probably the best own goal of the season, right there. That's probably going to win top uh, top prize there. But outside of that, I'd like to forget it. So I'd appreciate it if you could just let me forget it. Uh, Maybe this team is is still concerning. Because the way that they attack, outside of key moments of individual brilliance, which you mentioned, and really it was, I mean, during that game, was Chiesa was just giving Sassuolo a headache. He was just all over their entire goal. I mean, first of all, I've never seen a man run that much. Like He, he covered the left wing. He covered all over the middle of the field. I mean, he, he clearly wanted the freaking goal. And I love that. Where is everybody else? That is that is such a concerning feature of this team right now. Yeah. I mean, when you look at the lineup, like it's just not something that impresses you. It like your midfield is Moretti, Locatelli, Rabio. Right. A bunch of average players. I know you're a Locatelli guy, but he's just, eh, he's fine. But he's not going to, like, create a bunch of opportunities for you. He might be good, a sound player, 
right. he's not going to go out and like create with Vlavic and Chiesa and all of a sudden score goals, assist goals. And yeah, Kostic is good. Right. And you're going to have to rely on him com- combining with Chiesa, crossing it into Vlavic. But just, it just leaves something to be desired. Oh, it absolutely does. Because you're, you're I mean, especially after those, a bit of like a flying start, right? Outside of the 1-1 draw, it was a good start to the season. Like a really good, I would say. I mean, you know, there were yeah. solid victories in the bag against Lazio. A really convincing victory against Udinese. And that, they're, they're not a slouch of a team. So that was a... I, okay, maybe, maybe they are. Okay, but they're, they're not the worst. <laughs> they're, not, they're not Empoli, okay? They're not Empoli. Uh, they're three points. Hey, last week I said, I said last week that Udinese were getting relegated. I'm sticking to that. That's fair. That they lost fair. again, so we're that's that train looks good. Yeah, I mean they really screwed up. That team, they the ownership is just not really. Eh, that's a long story. <laughs> Maybe we'll do an episode just on Udinese's uh, fall <laughs> uh, and then you know eventual rise, but it it does sort of strike me like a potential warning sign where right now, if Allegri doesn't make the right adjustments for next, the next game, we're playing a team that can be tricky, like a Sassuolo. And there's plenty of those, right? Uh, you, you know, we've got games against Roma who can turn up all of a sudden. They can go from missing persons list to, you know, destroying you in a matter of five seconds. And mind you, that's another conversation we got for this podcast because they went from 7-0 to couldn't figure out how to get a ball into the net against Torino. Yeah. But anyways, it does concern me because if Allegri doesn't make the right adjustments for the next game, where does that leave us for the rest of the season? Are we just going to watch as Juntoli just cries by the end of the season in the stands? And, and I don't know, there's Allegri out, you know, hashtags flowing through Twitter again and whatnot. Yeah, I mean... The next three fixtures are going to a, be a big tell. You right. have Atalanta on the road. That's right. You're home for the Turin Derby. Yep. And then you're on the road in Milan for Milan. Yep. That are Those are three massive games. 100%. That two are your top four competitors. Mm-hmm. One maybe a title contender with Milan. And then... Derbies are never easy. No, no. Um, and of course, Juventus have had Torino's number <laughs> yeah, quite a while yeah. lately. Right. But um, but still, those are three emotional games that yeah. it's going to be key for Juventus to have no Europe. That this is going to be their stretch. That's going to be big, and you have an international break in between. But yeah, a lot of Juventus players are going out internationally, so that's right. They're not going to get a huge amount of rest. No, no, they're not. So that's going to be a little tricky to see how that that plays out as well. So that's a, it's a great point. Um, I think that 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 is enough depressing, depressing. Sorry, depressing topic for the for the <laughs> podcast. All right, let's keep that to minimum. Let's keep this podcast light. <laughs> you know, let's keep the crying down. <laughs> let's smile a little more. <laughs> but jokes aside, moving on from this depressing loss. Um, Let's move on to the Milan game, shall we? I mean, pretty pretty blah game, you know, game. It wasn't really anything special. You know, outside of the Leao score early on, there was really nothing to it. Yeah, what I mean, mean, they Hellas Verona really didn't test Milan. No. It just they had 10 shots, two on target. Sportiello did what he had to do. That's right. Which is good, which, you know, against the not as great teams. Right. Sportiello should be able to handle that kind of workload. Right. But once you're going to start questioning is that Milan defense needs to come up big in big games, like against the Inters in that Juventus game in all the other top four team contenders. And that's what, why Manyan is so good is when in those games just feels like it's impossible to get past him. It is absolutely. Uh, he he is a he is a beast. I mean, probably the best goalkeeper in Serie A. Period. At this point, uh, 
Yeah. I don't know who's better than him at this uh, at this point. Uh, and Milan are lucky to be able to hold on to him. Um, I, it is hard to come away from this game, at least for me, looking at that performance and saying, oh, well, that convinces me this Milan team is just fine. I think that Inter <laughs> game really did show some really significant problems. I don't know if those problems were like just washed away during this game because it... Even in this game, there was some issues, right? There were some issues that were being exposed. And that does concern me down the stretch for this team because there does seem to be even more of an issue with that back line than what we originally thought. And you sort of wonder if Mainan is out for, I don't know, let's say he's out for five, ten games uh, you know, throughout the season. Where does that those those games are crucial. Those po- every point is crucial. Where does that leave a team like Milan if Mainan is not there? Not in a good spot. But at, if that happens, fundamentally you have to change. You got to know. Okay, we're probably going to concede a little bit of goals. You either got to go super defensive, like an Allegri ball, where you really stack the box and then counter with That's just right. a Teo or Leao and Pulisic mm-hmm. um, and work with Giroud that way. Or you just got to go vibes football and throw everything <laughs> forward and just attack, attack, attack. And they have the talent to do that. So oh, they can cool. against smaller teams against Verona at home. You really mm-hmm. shouldn't be winning just one nothing. No. Like you should be throwing everything forward and not Absolutely. relying solely on Leao's individual brilliance. And no. granted, if he gets back to that 2021 form, mm-hmm. then yeah, I'm sure that will be just fine because he's going to score at will. Yeah, And he certainly looks like he's trending in that direction, which is great for Milan um, and great for Serie A. When Leao's at his best, they play unbelievable football. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it it's a joy to watch. Uh, and, and again, you know, all of these sort of misfires could just be the beginning of season jitters, right? It's sort of everyone getting back together or a lot of new players coming into the fold and trying to figure out where everyone fits and how everyone fits together so that, you know, it could, it could take a little minute or two to figure everything out. Hopefully they're able to figure it out. Uh, then again, the next thing we're going to be talking about is I think that's their team tagline. Hopefully they can figure it out. At least that's what their fan base likes to say. Lazio and Monza. 1-1. One, one. What a what a what a game. I mean Monza should have won. Effort-wise. Yeah, I mean the immortal Gagliardini <laughs> scoring a goal is Your just boy blows is my mind. Yeah, no, he I he is canceled. That nope. He's not back. He's never back, never was. <laughs> I can't believe he scored. He almost scored again, by the way. He almost It's unbelievable. Again. I know. It's unbelievable. Where did he He's find just... that leg? Oh, man. Where did he find that leg? Yeah, Munza to continue to get results against big teams. I mean, seriously. And man. Lazio have to be... They, like you said, it's... Are they ever going to figure it out? Like, Honestly. they played so well against Napoli... And then look lost against Juventus. Right. And are then dropping points at home to Monza. And right. no offense to Monza, but they're not Lazio. Lazio yeah. are in Champions League. They came in second right. last season. And Monza are a solid team with a lot of right. young, good players. But Lazio still have to be taking care of them. That's right. Oh, they absolutely do. I mean, there's no excuse in my mind for... Lazio to put in, put in this boring of a performance. I mean, I'll be perfectly frank with you. I was far more excited watching Monza and Colpani. By the way, that's that's a player we need to watch out for. I'm not saying he's going to be next to Mbappe. I'm just saying he's a good player. <laughs> Somebody to keep an eye out on. You know, it's always nice to see, like, good, you know, Italian talent being developed in, in these kinds of teams. Uh, and Colpani is uh, sort of, uh, it feels like nowadays more and more so a rare exception to the rule, which is just, you know, forget Italian players, I think, in, in Serie A. So it's kind of nice to see that, especially attacking talent. Colpani played a great game. I mean, he was just the creative engine for that team, as he always seems to be, anyways. Um, 
Last I checked, he scored all, well, up until now, all three of Monza's goals this season, <laughs> which is kind of funny. But hey, until Gagliardini, um, that's <laughs> what a player. Your boy, your boy. I bet you miss him now. I bet you miss nope. his goal scoring ability nope. now. <laughs> no, Sensi is hurt, and I'd rather have Sensi, who's always hurt, than yeah, Gagliardini, who's healthy all the time. <laughs> like, no, I'd rather just Sensi be hurt on the team than have a healthy Gaglia available. But the worst part is because Inzaghi would choose him. That's, that's why I wouldn't want him. I get it. I don't need that. Honestly, there's nothing that puts a smile on my face more than hearing you talk about Gagliardini. I mean, uh, the passion you share with that man is, is just impressive, man. I'm just going to say, Robbie, you really love him. Like, There's very few players who I don't dislike more. He is... yeah. So bad. It's <laughs> unbelievable. I uh, like every time he was selected, it's like, all right, what do you have on Inzaghi? <laughs> Why are you playing? Unbelievable. Do, do I smell a Gagliardini special coming up in our, in our future? <laughs> no, I'd love to never talk about him again. Okay. Fair enough. It's, all right. So, I haven't even like, he's already got me all flustered right now (laughs) just by cause he scored a goal this weekend. Oh man. (sighs) I am sorry. I I, I apologize. I should have known better than to uh, bring up that name. Uh, That's true. Yeah. I'm scarred. Okay. That Napoli game will forever live in my mind of the amount of tackles that were red card worthy. And then he did get sent off. Yeah. is unbelievable. That was great unbelievable honestly that was a great game though that was a great game i mean that referee no, i don't know wasn't. how I, we, we don't have enough time to go into why what the referee was doing but we don't moving on uh from the fabulous gagliardini um i think we should we should discuss at least for a second uh, this empoli inter uh, game going back to your your team you know we we talked about our, our predictions i think was was a was a draw at least my prediction was a draw last week. Uh, you predicted a win, I, I believe. And I'm pretty sure, sure I said one nothing. Yeah, so you did. So there you go. Um, you know, nothing special. Although that that Di Marco goal, I mean, holy mother of God! Like, what a leg on that guy! What talk a about leg. a guy that I'm okay with talking about anytime. I love this man. The inner Italian comes out of uh, Robbie. <laughs> it's unbelievable. He is just so good. And he's he's part of the bro- brotherhood. He's just the best. It's unbelievable. Like that shot. Yeah. He just like casually flicked his left foot and it goes yeah. top upper 90. It's just how it doesn't make perfect. sense. And it does feel like always in yeah. these lunchtime kickoff games, mm-hmm. it it takes one individual goal and it's always going to end one, nothing. And it's going to be some brilliant strike because nothing easy ever happens in those games. (laughs) No, especially on the road. You got to go on the road, lunchtime kickoff and just, just, yeah, just what a strike. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that was just a, a mean, mean strike. That guy has a leg on him and, uh, I am jealous. I mean, I, I, I would like to poach him from Inter. Doubt that's ever going to happen, but open invitation to him if he hears this podcast. <laughs> um, no, you know, you know, he'll never leave. <laughs> Probably not. He'll never Rightly leave so. from now on. But I don't think this game had much else going on. I mean, what what, what do you make no. of it? Sort of, what's your take as an Inter fan? Uh, does this impact much? No, I mean, at the end of the day, get three points and get that's out right. of there. That's exactly. that's what you got to do. On the Absolutely. road against these weaker teams, you you don't need to win seven nothing. You, no. you got to win by one goal at least, and that's what they did. They got that's out right. of there, kept their perfect form, five zero zero in five games. There's, I mean, not much more you could ask for. Fourteen no. goals scored, one conceded. That is almost a perfect start to the season. Oh, absolutely. It is a perfect start to the season. Yeah, it is. It is a perfect start to the season. Um, flying high still. I mean, that's just impressive. Uh, this is quite the quite the run. I, w- I wonder 
we should start taking bets soon, maybe next week or the week after on, you know, how long they're going to keep this up. Uh, knock on wood, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, moving on to sort of uh, another just bizarre game. And I mean, bizarre for one team. And, and, and we're talking about a Torino-Roma game here. What? I mean, these, these Roma Roma teams. Poor Rome, the city, the city of Rome, the eternal <laughs> city of Rome, is represented by two of the most inconsistent and talented, frustratingly talented teams. I don't know. Rome are pretty consistently bad. Um, <laughs> but you have a one nothing lead. This is right. This is exactly what you want out of Mourinho. Yep. You pack right. it in. You secure that lead that's exactly what he's there for to win games Mm -hmm. and the defense just checks out and i mean credit to duvon that was a class header great run great ball in and it's just defensively what are you doing you cannot let that happen no no you can't no that was embarrassing that was absolutely embarrassing then again we are here again because that Roma defense is just always suspect. No matter what they do, seemingly, there's always a hole. And let's not even forget the biggest problem in that back line to begin with is the guy furthest back, Rui Patizio. Yeah, he's a but disaster. We'll move past that. Yeah, he, he, he but, but that wasn't even his fault. That's not his That's fault. Fair. Like, what is he going to do on that? It's a free header. But defensively, wh- where are we? Where are we going? What? Who's marking who? Why is Duvon yeah. Zapata, who's yeah. one of the better strikers in Serie A, that's able right. to just walk through your defense on a cross that's coming towards the goal? He he just had to put it on frame, and that was going in. Um, and what are you gonna do? Like Patricio's just standing there, like I. What do you want me to do? And he's he's at fault for a lot of things, but that <laughs> moment just that is unacceptable defensively. I mean, it, it was bad. It was very, very bad. Uh, now, I will counter one thing. Rui Patizio could become Jan Sommer, just saying, right? I mean, he's just just a little bit of those instincts, okay? You, you could train with no. him, he, learn he from him. Nope. Nope. Patricio is so... Talk about someone who could really get my blood boiling. <laughs> he is just not good. No, he wasn't not. good last year. He no. wasn't good the year before that. Mm-hmm. Why is he still the keeper for Roma? It was question. so obvious that yeah. he wasn't good two mm-hmm. years ago. It was yeah. so obvious he wasn't good last year. It's so obvious he isn't good this year. When are we learning? And I get Roma don't have this huge budget. Jan right. Summer was bought for $6 million. That's right. Like, exactly. The keeper for um, now Benfica, Trubin. Yeah. Turban yep. um, mm-hmm. was $15 million. It's yep. not like these. there's keepers that are extremely expensive. It's no, no. like you can find good budget yep. buys. I'm sure you could find a young Italian keeper Absolutely. that you could buy for cheap and then like, experience go. There's, there's value there. Um, there's got to be better options than Patricio. Oh, there definitely are. Kanaseki at Atalanta. Uh, there's Di Gregorio. Um, I mean, what what a game he, or what a season he had last year. Um, he's also a young keeper. I mean, there's plenty of options. The thing is that there, it doesn't seem like their scouting department and front office really is valuing that position right now, which is a, no. a bizarre decision. Very bizarre decision. But talking about that defense, I mean, it just reminds me of a simple thing. Um, Mancini is great. The problem with Mancini, he's an enforcer, and this is not hockey. <laughs> this is not hockey. I was gonna say, man, Mancini is just there to bully players. Right? You get you say, hey, this is their best player. Get in his head. That's exactly. what his role is. But he's not but, he's not the guy you want when you and mind you how I mean luckily we 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 have a city out league with a lot of talented talented players, talented attacking players who well do their jobs pretty well. Mancini, on the other hand, just can't keep up with them. He doesn't have the athleticism, speed, or game reading ability 
what are they doing still starting him every single day? We could say this at almost every position for Roma, it feels that is like. A fair point. That is a fair and point. And it's been the same way. Under but there Marino. is talent here, right? There are good options. I wouldn't say they're great options. Like, Lukaku is a solid player. Right. Now, he isn't as good as what he himself thinks he is. Um, <laughs> yeah. But he's a good player. I won't take that away from him. Right. He is really good. And, I mean, he had a lot of great moments for intern, and I appreciated all that. Right. Diabala is great. I will say that. Diabala is awesome. Absolutely. He is. He's just never healthy. Yep. Spinazzola, very good. Again, yeah, never healthy. Very good player. But maybe that's a just more recent thing. He's coming off that Achilles. So yeah. maybe he'll be okay once he can. That's a tough injury to come back from. It is. I mean, I feel like every time I watch Roma, he's probably one of the uh, one of the positive points of this team because he, he does such a good job of exploiting that wing. I mean, he, his speed is incredible, for one, uh, especially for a guy's size. It's, it's very rare to see that kind of speed in, in the guy that size. But um, that's such an asset. And they, I don't think they use him properly at all. When, you, when you've got a guy with that much talent and ability to cut in the way he does, why isn't he constantly being used as the sort of pivotal piece in the attack? I, and it. Maybe it's just Mourinho ball doesn't work in there, right? I mean, is that really what it comes down to, Robbie? What do you, what do you make of that? Do you think Mourinho ball is just not really suited for this team? It's just their creator is Dybala, and he's right. playing more of a forward position. So it's tough because he has to combine with Lukaku when Lukaku starts. But Lukaku's so different from Balotti. That's so right. your team is just cons- so inconsistent with how you're going to play. Right. So when Balotti's on, you'll have Spinazzola out wide and probably trying to find Bellotti's head. And mm-hmm. while Bellotti's going to be more stationary, while Lukaku is going to rely on that counterattacking and right. then create off that. So it's just such a different vibe. Like they played El Sharaway. Like when you play El Sharaway, you take away so much space from Spinazzola. So then he just Absolutely. runs into that area, mm-hmm. the exact area that El Sharaway wants to play in. That's so right. it's like, what are these two are just contradicting what you want to do. 100%. No, it's, it's exactly right. Well, well, well put. I mean, it, it is a very bizarre decision process there because, well, okay. We are talking about Roma. So bizarre decision process, I think, is in the Roma, like official, you know, team motto and everything. But, but at the end of the day, you would think after all these years of almost, almost moments, right? How many almost moments have they experienced? I mean, down, down the point of last season, they almost had the Europa League Cup in their hands. Almost. Yeah. How many more times are we going to talk about how they almost have this? Um, uh, It's hard to say, I suppose, right? You know, but let's not keep going down the depression train. Let's let's move on and away from it. I think we've had enough tears in this episode with (laughs) Juve and uh, Lazio and Roma's performances. But moving on to this upcoming week of uh, Serie A. What what are games that are standing out to you looking at the schedule? There's probably like two games that stand out. To, well, one just happened, Leche Juventus, I was excited for. One yeah, nothing Juventus. They get the result. Good job to them. Um, Leche have been good. They're in the top four right now. Yeah. And that's yes, they are. after five, they were there. They're still there until games more games will be played. But right. they got their first loss of the season. Um yeah. They've looked good. They've gotten results. And when you were just competing for to stay up, that's mm-hmm. pretty good to start the year. Can they oh, keep absolutely. it going? Will, like I saw during the broadcast today, they mm-hmm. made a joke about uh, Leche Lester. <laughs> they were like, 
<laughs> they were making like a play on uh, words with Leche, which I loved. That's so fun. Like, if Leche won the league, that'd be as an Inter fan, I'd be so 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 mad. But that's a great story if it ever happened. It won't, but it could. Yeah. Never know. Anything can happen. Can you imagine. Anything can you is possible. Um, but going into what you asked, like Inter Sassuolo, it'll be interesting to see defensively yeah. how Inter shut down that Lorient, Berardi, Pinamonti front three. Um, and then Lazio, Torino, those are the two games right. that really pop out to me. Um, what Lazio are we going to get? That's always a question. You never know. Um, right. and Torino, they're a scrappy bunch. Will yep. Zapata get another goal? We'll see. And Illich is Illich. He's always going to be there, <laughs> being a thorn in people's side. It's a it's an interesting, another interesting match day this coming week, uh, because it's sort of well, this coming week, most of these games, yeah, you know, one of these games happen as as you just mentioned, and uh, a lot of them are happening tomorrow. Uh, so that's kind of an unusual week uh, this week anyways, but it's, it definitely doesn't feel like there's much going on besides really the Inter Sassuolo game. There's not nothing that really like uh, maybe like you said, the Lazio Torino game for me that that's a, you know, it might be a good game depending on who we get Lazio wise. That could be a good game. You know, if Lazio show up and really torment Torino, I could see that turning into a, a, a fun watch. The Inter Sassuolo game really does sort of make me wonder. And by the way, uh, I'm putting in a, a submission for uh, consideration here. Hashtag Berardi to Juve. Okay? Hashtag Berardi to Juve. How many, how many years leaving. has it been now? It's been every year for seven years probably. It just never ends. He's never leaving. Yeah, he, honestly though. He's staying at Sassuolo for good reason. Good for him. He is uh, he is such a dangerous, dangerous player in that front attacking three there. I mean, wow, he is so good. So He's dynamic. So good. And his left is just brilliant. You can never feel comfortable defensively watching when you're opposing Sassuolo. Right. Like it's just they're so exciting. They're so forward like attacking. They're nonstop. Yep. It's relentless. Absolutely. It's like even when you're there, your team's up a goal. You don't feel comfortable. You gotta put them away. Give them no hope. <laughs> and yeah, you just—I mean, they've had twenty goals. Yeah, total five games. Now that's goals for and against. So just their games are vibey. Four goals yeah, a game. Very much so. Very much We're, so. Absolutely. So it'll be interesting. What they've scored just under two goals a game. Inter have conceded one goal in five. What will prevail? I mean, I'm hoping that, you know, Sassuolo provide uh, a bit of a hello, welcome to, you know, week seven, uh, week six <laughs> rather, uh, to, you know, wake up call to Inter and just uh, sort of, you know, just just gently remind them, oh, hello. <laughs> I mean, this to train be fair. stops here. Sassuolo used to be a massive thorn to yes. enter. It felt 100%. like, I think it was three years ago and four years mm -hmm. ago, it was just, when Deserbi was there, it was, mm -hmm. they would always beat Inter. They knew exactly what to do and they would just get results and it was the most infuriating <laughs> thing yeah. to watch. Oh, I know. Well, now you got Fratesi, right? So you kind of uh, picked apart. We've all picked apart the, that Sassuolo <laughs> yeah. team, right? I mean, it's like everyone's just sort of been like, oh, I'll take a Nad, I'm taking here. and Skamaka, you know, Raspadori. <laughs> they all leave. Politano. Well, I mean, fair enough. You know, right. I mean, why, why would they stay? But, um, you know, before, before I forget, because I, I, I feel like we've not been giving the right amount of attention to Napoli this season. That's and fair. it's not our fault. I don't think it's our fault. I think they've been that sleepy this season so it's, far. At some point, there's going to be some massive story about the players, 
right. are very against Rudy Garcia. No <laughs> yeah. one likes him. Every game, it's Osaman this time. He got subbed That's off right. and yeah. gave him an earful. The game That's before, Kavara got subbed off and gave mm-hmm. him an earful. These players do not like him. No. And it's the results are not there. So they have every right. And I mean, at some point, maybe it's on the players. Osman right. missed a penalty. Absolutely. So yeah, good. at some point, what's the coach going to do there? You got a pen and you missed. And you exactly. they tied 0-0. If he scores that, they win. So at some point, maybe it isn't just the coach. But maybe it's a hangover from right. last season. Maybe it is Kim and Jay not being right. there. There's exactly. so many variables because it feels like they didn't bring in much. And no, no, they didn't. They lost their best defender. That's right. After losing their best defender the year before that. Exactly. And now it's okay. Is Romani enough? Right. Well, I mean, that's a big question. Uh, I, I think it's a lot to ask of Romani. I, I think he's good, but I don't think he's that good. Um, and I, and, you know, I do agree with you to an extent. Uh, I, I think that. Part of it is the the player's responsibility because you know you're right. Osman did miss that penalty, and not just that, but Cavada has really been completely quiet this season, this uh, start of the season, uh, which is beyond shocking. I mean, it's a night and day difference compared to what what he was like last season, where it was just explosive every game, and you're just you're you're not seeing that spark in this team. And, you know, we talked about this before the season started. Rudy Garcia, for you, myself, and I think millions of other fans out there, is not the most inspiring choice to replace Spalletti by any stretch. Nope. Not at all. In fact, how many people, including you and myself, were sitting there wondering why when this came out? It really didn't make sense. And it doesn't make sense any... Like, we're seeing the results, and... They're already, what, eight points back? That's right. Seven points, yeah. After five games, they are seven points back after running away with this league. They yeah. were so far the better, best team in this league, it wasn't even close. And now they're already seven points back. They've dropped points in three games yeah, out of not, five. Not a good start. Not a good it's start at all. unacceptable. It's uh, it's going to be an interesting, interesting coming week. Well, I'm, I'm sure we'll get plenty of nice storylines uh, as we record next Tuesday. But just before we start talking about predictions, the scoreways for next week, let's just cover a couple of these last bit of uh, some some of the quote unquote headlines before we move on. Uh, one of them being. Juventus or going back to that poor performance and what questions that bring. One of the questions that brings out specifically is how does this team play if Chiesa and Vlaovic aren't involved? Really, where does that dynamism come from? Where do, where do the goals come from? Because, I mean, Milik is good, but he's not, you know, Vlaovic. No, no, he is not. And... It'd be a lot of uninspiring performances if you don't have either of those two or one of them. I mean, today they won one nothing. It wasn't an inspiring performance. Lecce kind of just turned off and Milik was there at the back post to tap it in. And it's going to have to be those scrappy, ugly performances. It's probably good enough for them to get top four. Right. They would have been top four if they didn't get the points taken away. But... Right. It's not certainly not going to be a Scudetto winning team if no. Chiesa and Vlavic switch off That's right. um, or get hurt or God forbid. Um, but they're going to need them. Just like I'm, I can – you can say that about a lot of the teams. Of it course. feels like – for me, I'm biased, but it feels like Inter are one of those more consistent, more they can find the, that depth – I'd say for Inter, the one big person you can't lose is Hakan. You don't have a replacement for him. No, you saw that against Sociedad. Yeah. Um, but then Milan, you have Leao, Teo. Um, same with Sassuolo, but Sassuolo aren't in the same 
breadth as those teams. But yeah. No, it's a, I mean, those are all great points. Um, I, I do think that Juve are, are, are just especially impacted by this because of the fact that the rest of the team at times plays so poorly because there just doesn't seem to be this spark that really only Juve's uh, reliance on Chiesa and Vlaovic sort of bring out any magic in that front. I mean, and mind you, Vlaovic and Chiesa have been great so far together. I mean, they are on a tear so far this season. And that brings me to just the secondary part of the story, which is Moise Keane, right? Is he... Do you think he's somebody that this team can rely on to be a, a backup, or is he just gonna, you know, end up getting shipped off or something in the winter? I don't think he's reliable, but I mean, he just—he's been this prospect with tons of pedigree to get into right. that elite level. Right. Went to Everton. Terrible move. Yep. And. He came back, he's just, it seems like he isn't it. And sometimes prospects miss. And it probably is time for them to move on, find a more reliable player. Um, But yeah, it just feels like every time he plays, it's uninspiring. It's not there. Like you saw today, Milik was the option. And I mean, he scored, so at least he got that going for him. Um just feels like maybe Illing Jr. is a better option. It's just No, I, I agree. That is actually that that's a great point. I mean, Illing Jr. does have an an impact when he comes on the pitch. He yeah, is I mean, all over. Yeah, he's more of a winger, but again, right. like maybe try a more fluidity. And it creates, then it creates more rotations where players are going to be popping up. It's harder for players to track defensively. That's right. Like opposing defenses. It's very hard for, if you just put a fluid front three, Mm -hmm. it's going to be very hard for them to know which side Kies is coming from. It's going to create more opportunities for him. Oh, Illing Jr. is going to be there. Oh, Vlaovic is going to be there. Oh, Kostic is going to be there. It just creates a lot more variables. Timo Weah, McKenney. All of the above. It's uh, it's definitely going to be an interesting season uh, at this point with uh, with uh, Juve's bizarre start. Yeah, you know, sort of Heidel and Jekyll, uh, Hyde and Jekyll, sorry, uh, start to the season. We shall see where the, the rest of the season goes. Uh, I do want to bring up one one more question I, I have for you. Uh, given that you know the Debbie d'Italia chase is sort of hit, heating up at this point. Uh, I think we both agree. You know, it's sort of building up. You see Juve playing relatively well. Inter's obviously on fire. These two are clashing, I think, November 20th. That's going to be a heck of a game. Always brings up, uh, you know, nice tension, real just hate for each other, fan base-wise. So ready for that. But I do have a question as far as Inter's uh, makeup. What do you think can derail this Inter team if you were sort of, if you were to point one issue out, one problem. Hakan getting injured. That's, there. there's just no replacement. Last, it, I would have said this last year at the mm-hmm. beginning of the season, I would have said that about Brozovic. And then right. Hakan came in and showed he can play that exact role. Hence, Brozovic went to the Saudi league and Inter was okay with that because Hakan showed he can play that role. And it was right. so pivotal the years before that Brozovic was healthy because Inter didn't go without him. And now it seems like Inter doesn't go without Hakan. Aslani isn't that player who can no. just step in and be that guy. And same with Fertesi is a great player. He just isn't that six type of role. Like pick up the ball from the no. defense when Bastoni has it. Or Agreed. like one of the other center backs. Um, Hakan getting down would derail him. Lautaro probably as well. He's been lights out to begin the year. Right. He's one of the most informed strikers right now. But he's always been red hot or an ice cold. So yeah. <laughs> we'll see when he goes ice cold. Um, if he doesn't, 
sky's the limit. Yeah, I mean that he he is on fire currently. He is. I mean him and Marcus Toram. I mean what what a duo. What a duo up front. I am jealous. Not gonna lie. <laughs> then again, I, I do have Kiza and Lovic, so it's okay. That's true. I'll sleep. I'll sleep for now. Uh, all right. Well, let's uh, you know get on to our predictions, shall we? Yeah. Let's get. Let's it. start with uh, Inter Sassuolo. What do you predict for this game? I think Inter will win, continuing the undefeated season. Two one, two one. I think it'll Honestly, be two nothing, and yeah. Sassuolo get one late. You just stole the thoughts out of my brain because that's uh, that's exactly what I was thinking. Two one seems like a, you know, it'll be a hard fought game. I think much much closer than what you sort of uh, said. I, I think it'd be more like. A tight game, one-one for most of it, and then Inter just pull that second goal out um, and and win. Which, yeah, and uh, yeah. For me, it's Inter is used to rotating and being on short rest. Right. Right. Sassuolo, not really. So it's going to be tougher for them. And granted, yeah. this is still very early in the season, so players are still fresh. But at the end of the day, these guys. Come that sixty to seventy fifth minute when you're not getting yeah. subbed out yet, that's going to be a key moment if this game is tied. Oh, that's a good point. That's a very good point. It's going to be interesting to see. We'll uh, well, we'll be able to talk about it next Tuesday. Um, let's move on to the Napoli Udinese game. Uh, my prediction here, uh, you know, just a draw. I, I really just right now, Napoli are not playing inspired football. This is not a. I mean, I don't know what else to say. It's just it may, it saddens me. I I was worried this was going to happen this season, but here we are. What's your take? Napoli four, Udinese zero. Oh, all <laughs> right, gonna all be right. A route. All right. I think well, I think Kavara, yeah, Kavara and Osiman, they're going to let all the anger out on the field. All right, and bury them at home. They need a performance to show the fans, hey, we're still here, and Udinese are just going to be those victims. All right. Well, if I see a one-one draw, you owe me a sandwich. So <laughs> oh, yeah, um, Coke. <laughs> uh, moving on to another exciting matchup here: uh, Lazio versus Torino. Uh, what do you? What's your take? What, what do you think is going to happen? One-one draw. That's. It's probably going to be a very boring game, but yeah, it could be explosive. I mean, it's just mm, neither team excites me. No, you don't know what you're going to get from either team. And like, yeah, one, one, I could see it being zero, zero. Just, Uh, you know, I'm going to go out on a limb here and just, just throw in my towel for our fellow Torino club. And just going to say one, zero Torino. Okay. There you go. So that's just going to keep up the uninspiring streak in my book. I could see it. And uh, let's move on to more uninspiring sides because apparently it's just it's a theme this year. Genoa versus Roma. What do you make of that matchup? Genoa won nothing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm it just. It's. Yeah. Uh, Roma looked good against Empoli, and Empoli yeah. are bad. Yeah, they did. But. It's just, I don't know. I just kind of feel like on the road, they're going to struggle. And yep. Genoa get a nice, Genoa get a nice uh, goal to stun them. And right. Roma are probably just going to look at themselves and complain and make excuses, yeah. like always, the Mourinho way. <laughs> of course. Um, of course. Yeah. And yeah, that's how I feel. That's fair. Uh, no, I mean, I, I agree with you. I don't think there's much else to say there uh, for, for me. I mean, when. When, yeah, it's it's an inspiring matchup. I think one zero Genoa is right on the money. This Roma team don't know what what they're doing right now, uh, which makes it sad. The rest of the games, I think, for this match, they sort of seem pretty bleh, shall we say? I guess. Um, I think Milan should win at Cagliari. That that's just I feel like I'd expect yep. Milan to pull out a victory there. Agreed. Um. Anything that sort of stands out to you as far as uh, should be a victory, but you know, you never know. 
know, Fiorentina should beat Fra- Frosinone, but that could be a vibey game, and that could be a fun game to watch. That's just, a fair one. You know, they yeah, I mean, Frosinone are a bad team. Beats us all, right? So yeah, and that was a vibey game. That's right. Very. That could be an interesting one. I mean, if they upset Fiorentina, boy, uh, especially the way that Fiorentina played against Udinese this past week. I honestly would love to see more of that kind of uh, action in the Serie A. Uh, well, with that, sir, I think we've, we have discussed all uh, of the upcoming matches. Hopefully, it'll be a great week. Hopefully, we'll get some curveballs in there we didn't even expect. Uh, but we it are. should be a good week. We've got some. We've, we're building up nicely, aren't we? I mean, we got the Milan Lazio matchups in the future. Looking at you know, there's some good matchups on, on the horizon. Yeah, Juve Atalanta. So we've got some good good things to look forward to. But in the meantime, that's it from us. Thank you for joining us this week. Please follow us on all social media platforms. We're on X. We're on what threads we're on instagram <laughs> we've got a youtube channel we've got everything we're everywhere we make it easy yes sir. anything you want to say like, Rob? forza enter oh, come on yes this is gonna yes get sir this is... no no come yes on. sir you guys know better than that it's always forza juve and grazie thank you for following us no no thumbs down robbie come on <laughs> they can't see no me but just down. know i put a thumbs down <laughs> thank you for joining us this week robbie thank you for joining me this week thank you fun convo about the best league in the world and we will see you next week just in time for wednesday have a good day ciao, ciao.